God is so good. There's such a working of His Spirit. You can feel something moving. I want to ask y'all a question. Who's prepared for battle? Are we prepared? Do you know whether you're prepared or not? Do you feel like you're ready to face the enemy? Do you feel like you're ready? Well, you better get ready. Strength. 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 Oh, I command the Spirit of the Lord to stand up in you like a giant. Peace, strength, wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of God steps in you to walk you every step of the way for His glory to be revealed and His will to be done. In the name of Jesus, to be magnified in every situation and circumstance of this trial. For this will bring you forth in my word and in my spirit in a strength and a wisdom and an overcoming faith that thou hast never known, my daughter. Prepare thyself for battle because the battle shall get thee ready for ministry. For I have called thee, ordained thee, predestined thee from the foundation of the world before thou camest out of thy mother's womb. I didn't know thee. Before thou took thy first breath, I ordained thee to do a work for me in these last days. Get ready. For many souls shall be brought in through the working of my Spirit that I will unfold in thee in the days ahead. For I, God, am with thee. Now, not Worry not, fret not, be not discouraged. And know that I uphold thee by my word and my spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's going to be alright. You hear me? It's going to be alright. God knows all things. Amen. Y'all go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you, God's doing great things. I'm telling you, He's doing great things. And the last several days, the Lord's been moving on me. And I've been telling you all for a long time, we've got to have these five ministries. We've got to have them. The church is out of order. It's not in God's order. Because God put the church in His order on the day of Pentecost. When he put the church in order, he put five ministries to govern it. God is taking us back to the government that he set the church in on the day of Pentecost. We've got to have it. We've got to have it. And the Lord started telling me here just a, a month or so ago because. I mean, I preach the Word straight, but I do my best to live clean. And I don't even know what year it was, Ann, that the Lord told you for you to tell me to take up my apostleship. But it's somewhere way back around 10, 11, or 12, uh, 10, uh, 2010, 2011, 12, somewhere in there. It was a long time back. 
And she wouldn't come tell me. She's afraid. And then the Lord gave me a dream about it. And then different things happened. But the Lord told me here just a little while back, He said, you start declaring this apostleship. He said, you start declaring it. He said, because I spoke to you and told you I was putting the mysteries in you that I gave to the apostles in the early church. That's what the Lord told me. And I'm going to tell you something. You that's been around me, you've seen the signs of an apostle. You've seen this word bear out. You've seen this word bear out. And I'm, I'm not holding back on it no more. I don't care who says what. They're going to talk about you anyhow. I mean, people won't talk about me just the word I preach. Because nobody wants to live clean anymore. Everybody wants to uh, go to church and shout and have a good time talking tongues and live like the devil. And the Lord told me He's going to purge sons of Levi. Amen? He's going to purge them. We fix to see clean ministers. We fix to see ministers with clean lives. Not thieves, not liars, not cheats. Not womanizers, not drug addicts. We fix see ministers with clean lives. And when God starts taking cloak off of it, people are going to find out 99% of this stuff on TV. They're fornicators, adulterers, drug addicts, whoremongers, liars, cheaters. They're thieves. And the Lord ain't going to allow it. Not preaching to people that want to live right. But you know, when you read Malachi third chapter, the Lord said, I'll sit as a refiner's fire and a fuller soap. And He said, I'll purge the sons of Levi. Levi was the tribe that God brought ministry out of in the Old Testament. It was the Levites. It was Aaron. Aaron's seed. Amen. So it come through the tribe of Levi. And that's the, that's the seed the Lord set up for ministry. But see, Jesus didn't come out of the tribe of Levi. He came out of the tribe of Judah. He came out of the tribe of Judah. But the Lord said, I'm going to purge the ministry and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have people living clean. People walking up right before God. You know, and we better equip ourselves because every one of you in here and a lot of you on the sound of my voice that's listening and watching, you're chosen for ministry and some of you already in ministry. But this ain't, this ain't nothing to play with. I keep trying to tell people that it ain't just coming to church. God's preparing the people for a ministry worldwide. And I was talking to some uh, men the other night. I rode down to a church Friday night. I just felt led to go. Uh, one of the young men down there texted me and he said, we're having our men's meeting. And I texted him back. I said, well, I don't think I can get out. Well, it worked out where I could go down. He's not about 20 years old. And come find out he was he was speaking his first sermon. And... I had uh, been there probably, what, six months ago? I don't even remember when it was, back before the first of the year, I think, or somewhere in that time, and I'd laid hands on him, and the power of God just dropped him in the floor, and he just laid there and bawled and squalled, and God worked to work in him. And so he asked me to be there, and, and, and I was talking to him, and I, I was telling him, I said, because uh, they bought him a little tent, and they fixing it out and put up a tent. I said, what are you going to do when somebody demon-possessed walks in? I said, good singing and shouting ain't going to help somebody demon-possessed. I said, you got to have something. And I said, it only comes through prayer. 
There's something happening in prayer, children. I'm telling you, there's something happening in prayer. When the Lord spoke to me Wednesday morning, May the 9th, about 5 o'clock in the morning, that spirit of prayer come all over me. And then the Lord spoke to me all day that day, said something new's happening in prayer. Our pastor in Fort Payne texted me a while ago. He said, I've been in prayer since 7.30 this morning. He said, I feel that newness in prayer taking hold of me. I feel something happening. He said, I believe everybody today that will push for me to do something new in them. He said, I'm going to do something new in them. I can feel it. I can feel something new wanting to happen. I can feel something new wanting to happen. But, and I was telling them, I said, I said, you're going to have to have something. Because I talked to somebody this week that they were battling, didn't even know what they were battling. And, you know, my wife will tell you, people call me from all over the country. I have ministers call me from all over the country for advice and want me to pray for them. Want me to pray with them, pray for them, give them counsel on things. And this minister called me and said they had been in a revival, and this is states away from here. This And said they had been in revival, and the spirit of the pastor didn't seem to be right. And since they had been back, said it was like a force was against their mind. And it was like it was physically wearing their body down. And as I talked to them, the Lord spoke to me. He said, it's a witchcraft spirit. And I started ministering to him and telling them what it was. And man, it clicked with them. And I don't know if I told y'all, but when I was in the hospital in 2014 when my sugar went so off the charts, and I like, the devil done his best to kill me. But a demon spirit walked in my hospital room and stood over me, Sister Pat. Did I ever tell y'all about that? And that thing stood over me. But it turned and left, and as it walked out of the room, the Lord said, I've defeated it. It's been defeated. It wasn't scared, but it was defeated. And when I was talking to that person, the Lord brought that back to me. He said, you've got authority over that thing. The Spirit of God began to speak out of me, began to bind begin to bind that demon of witchcraft that's warning against that person. And in about two minutes, they were shouting and praising God. They knew that thing left them. Their whole voice cleared up. It's like their head was all stopped. Their whole voice cleared up. So see, you got to have something. This day and time, you got to have something. you got to be able to stand against the forces and powers of hell. And it's time for God's people to learn war. It's time for God's people to learn how to fight. If y'all will listen to me, it's what I used to tell people in Fort Payne, Alabama. If you'll listen to me, I will equip you with what you need to be able to stand against the enemy. But if you don't listen to me, and you're just going to take what you want to hear and do what you want to do, I'm telling you, the devil's fixing to hurt some folks. Because I saw preachers and you know, since the Spirit of the Lord come on my wife and she spoke that prophecy about that course correction and she's seen preachers going to soothsayers, going to fortune tellers and people with spirits of divination to get a word because they couldn't get a word. They weren't praying. Preachers that me and you have been around. She saw preachers she knows. We've been in their services. She saw them start going to fortune tellers. Turned over to spirits of divination. 
because they lost their prayer life. They couldn't pray, couldn't get a word from the people. So they started going to fortune tellers. and, and Well, that was easy. And then they just, it, it became a habit with them. But it's going to destroy their soul and it'll eventually destroy the people. Because somebody with a spirit of divination, they'll tell you truth in part. They can tell you truth in part when that spirit of divination starts following Paul and Silas over in Philippi. They said, these are the men of the Most High God. They'll show you the way of salvation. They tell you truth to a part. But then that thing will bind you. People better get yourselves ready to fight. You better arm yourself. Because people ain't arming themselves. I've taught people to pray. I've taught people to fight. I've taught people to seek God. But that don't mean everybody's going to do it. You know, it ain't up to me to to show up on your doorstep at 7 o'clock every night and knock on your door and won't know if you fix and pray. That ain't my responsibility. My responsibility is to teach you, is to edify you, to speak the Word of God to you, prophesy to you, whatever God tells me, and give you instruction. You know, it's like when you put, you uh, take recruits into the military. They take that drill instructor, that D.I., I got a son-in-law that's a Marine. And Brother Mark Walter down in Jasper, Alabama was a Marine. And there's a, a, a situation that they go through, and I can't remember what it is right now, but it's the roughest two weeks of boot camp. Crucible. It's the roughest week or two weeks in boot camp, and it's either do or die. I'm telling you all, this is the crucible. This is either do or die. And you talk to them about it, and they'll tell you, I thought I was going to die. I thought that man going to kill me. You may think Brother John's going to kill you because he's so rough and so hard on you. But the Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. Is that what the Word says? See, we don't want the Lord to chasten us. We want the Lord to be good to us. But the Bible says, No chastening for the present. They <laughs> you start getting chastised, it don't feel good. But it brings you through in the long run. Brings you through in the long run. And the Bible says when you come out of it, there's that peace, peaceable fruit of righteousness. Brings you into that walk in relationship with God. I don't like the times God's tried me. I don't like the time when I fell off the roof and hurt and had to learn to walk all over again on a walker and a cane and lived in pain for months on end. But I can tell you one thing. I got a disc smashed flat in my back that it don't bother me. I don't live in pain. I can do anything I want to do. I can move. One surgery. The hand of God. The hand of God stepped in and healed me. I suffered. Was it pleasurable? No. I stayed contained for two months. Then had to go through therapy. And then once I started moving, it still wasn't good. But, God put something in me. Every time God puts you through a trying and a testing, and the adver- the, your, your adversity is not to destroy you. It's to make you strong. It's to draw you closer to Him. But see, you've got to handle the trial right. God puts you in a trial. You've got to handle it right. And if you don't let it put you on your knees and draw closer to Him, it can destroy you. I've seen people destroyed with trials. But the Lord started dealing with me uh, weeks back. And I just kind of put it on the sideline. 
But the Lord started dealing with me. He says, it's time for my people to learn war. It's time for my people to learn war. And I'm going to, uh, I don't have the Scripture in the front. For some reason it wound up in the end of the notes. But I'm going to go to Jude. And it's the very last Scripture on the last page. But I'm going to read this. And it's in Jude the third chapter. And I'm going to go there and read this first. I'm sorry, it's in Judges, the third chapter. And I don't even think I marked it. I didn't mark it, but that's okay. It's in Judges, the third chapter. When y'all get there with me, let me know. I'm in no hurry today. You know, I made the statement last week I was going to sit down and teach, and Justin was laughing at me this morning. He said, Pastor, I watched service last week because he couldn't be here. He had to work. He said, I watched the service. He said, you said you was going to sit down and teach. He said, you didn't sit down. You didn't slow down. He said, you wasn't teaching. You was preaching. I said, depends on what your definition of teaching is. I said, some folks got to teach their way. I got to teach mine. <coughs> Ooh, sorry about that. <coughs> didn't know it was going to pop like that. Everybody with me now? Hallelujah. <laughs> From Judges, chapter 3, verse 2. I'm sorry, verse 1. Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them. See, the Lord left enemies so that Israel could still be tried. The Lord ain't going to get rid of all your enemies. If He does, you'll get slack and you'll get loose. Even as many as Israel had not known all the wars of Canaan, only that the generation of the children of Israel might know to teach them war at least such as before knew nothing thereof. So we got a generation right now, they don't know what spiritual warfare is. They don't know what spiritual warfare is. Your mama was a prayer warrior, she was an intercessor. She knew how to get in prayer and war spirits and do spiritual warfare. People today have no idea. I was talking to a, a, a woman about a month ago now, and she's probably, I'd say, in her 30s. She said, I was raised in a big holiness church. She said, I didn't know nothing about spiritual warfare. She said, we went to church, we sang, we shouted, we talked in tongues, we run the aisles, we wept, we cried, said people prophesied, we had some healings. She said, but until I got married and my husband was in ministry, she said, I didn't know one thing about spiritual warfare. Didn't really know how to pray. And that's the way it is today. you got a generation that does not know war. They don't know there's a warfare out there. They don't know. And it's time that we let the Lord. And that's what he's talking about here. He said their generation don't know war. They didn't know war. After Joshua died and, and God gave them peace. God gave them peace under Joshua for a long time. And a generation grew up. They didn't know how to fight. That's what it says right here. They didn't know war. It's time to learn war. If you don't learn how to fight and you don't pay attention to instruction, and that's what I'm talking about, that DIs, they take them boys don't do nothing. Six to eight weeks, they make fighting machines out of them. They teach them to survive in battle. 
And I had a man went to the church in Fort Payne, and he had been through survival training. He had been through guerrilla warfare and tactics. He was in the military, and he got on the wrong side of the law. And he said, he told me, he said, Brother Metter, he said, the law come out there looking for me. And he said, I knew how to hide myself in the woods. He said, I hid myself. And he said, I had limbs and leaves laying over the top of me. And he said, law enforcement officers standing within two and three feet of me, walking around the house looking for me. He said, they didn't see me because I learned survival tactics. I learned how to hide. I learned what to do to survive. He said, I had training how to survive in difficult situations. And when he said that, the Lord spoke to me and I preached a message on survival training and the Lord said the thing that happens to people He said they're taught to pray they're taught to survive but when they get in battle they break their training and when you break your training you're going to die you break your training the devil's going to destroy you but y'all mark my words I'm telling you there's preachers fixing to die there's preachers fixing to die in the pulpit they're fixing to die at home they fix and die on their jobs. They fix and die wherever they're at because their lives ain't clean and the Lord's not going to allow unclean people to stand in the pulpit and preach. I'm talking about our faith and other faith, other areas. And you was in the service on November the 9th, 2014 when I preached the Word on the kingdom is rent from the church world. I mean, the Lord spoke to me. I went to a vision that morning. And I saw Samuel go to Saul. And Saul had disobeyed God. And Samuel told him, said, God's rejected you. And Saul begged him to worship with him. And Samuel turned and caught Saul's skirt and ripped it. And said, this day the kingdom's rent from your hands and given to a neighbor that's better than you. And the Lord spoke to me that day. He said, the kingdom of heaven is rent from the church world. And the Lord spoke to me and told me He was taking His blessings off these big preachers. Taking His blessings off these... I mean, there's people calling themselves kingdom preachers. They ain't kingdom preachers. They're prosperity preachers. People preach the kingdom. They think it's material gain. The kingdom ain't material gain. The kingdom's the authority and dominion of the resurrected Christ living in here. It ain't material gain. But they preach the kingdom is everything you can get on this earth. That's that. That's kingdom preaching. But the Lord told me, He said, I'm taking this blessing of my word and my spirit, all preachers. And He said, as a sign, there's fixing to be seven plane crashes. I spoke that three hours later. One of the biggest kingdom preachers there were down in the Bahamas was in a private jet, had his whole evangelistic party and some of his family with him, went in for a landing, crashed, and killed him. Him and his family and his whole evangelistic party. God said, that's one of the plane crashes. And he said, that confirms that word that I'm taking my blessing and my hand of protection off these preachers. So I'm telling you, this generation fixing no God of wrath. They fixing no God of wrath. And if we have ever let the spirit of prayer get a hold of us, and God begin to teach you how to pray and how to do war in prayer... And don't let me hear you say, well, all we can do is pray. Prayer is the greatest weapon that's ever been given to God's people. It's the greatest weapon that's ever been given. I was instructing them, uh, uh, them brothers gathered around me the other night, well, I wasn't seven, eight of them, but after the service they gathered around me, 
And I started talking to them about the things of God. And I said, prayer is what y'all need. Y'all need to learn to pray. Y'all need to let the Spirit of prayer. I said, don't ever say all I can do is pray. I said, because... I said, you've got to learn how to pray. You've got to learn strategy in prayer. And you've got to learn how to target things in prayer. If you want your situation to change, target it in prayer. Y'all know what the Scripture says about Elijah? It said Elijah was a man of like passion, just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it might not what? That's the one thing he targeted. That was his strategy. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And he prayed and moved God. And God shut up the heavens. God shut up the heavens. Because Elijah prayed earnestly and fervently that it might not rain. He targeted that situation in prayer. Don't tell me God won't change things. God will change things if you'll target it in prayer. Don't get on your knees and throw 500 things out there for God to do. But target things in prayer and take it to prayer. I told people one time, it's like I heard a song. I turned the radio on, going somewhere. I wanted to hear the news. I was traveling on the road, and I heard somebody singing a song, Would you, could you, can you? I said, that's about the way we are with prayer when it comes to God. God, would you? Oh, God, would you? God, could you? God, could you? God, can you? I said, y'all get down and pray. and say, God, give me an orange, give me an orange, give me an orange, give me an orange. And I said, God will reach to get an orange. About time God's going to give you the dollar. Oh, God, give me an apple, give me an apple, give me an apple, give me an apple. And you'll pray for that apple. God will reach to get an Oh, God, I want a pear, I want a pear. Don't throw all this stuff out here to God. Get a strategy. Get a battle plan. Prayer is battle. It's warfare. Learn to pray. Learn to pray. He said, Elijah prayed earnestly. He didn't get out and said, Brother, Lord, I need you to move. Lord, if you don't move, I don't know what's going to happen to me. God, I need you to take care of this, Lord. Could you move for me? He fervently and earnestly, with zeal, with fervor, with strength. The word fervor means hot, fiery, energy. The Bible said a fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man does what? Availeth much. Availeth much. I'm telling you, God's changing things in prayer. We've been praying since 1st February. God's changing things in prayer. He's changing things in prayer. And I got a, a, a relative, a, a loved one of mine. He's bound by this old perverted transgender spirit. He probably 30, about 36 years old now. Because he was born the day before we got married. And he's let this old spirit get on him. And two or three weeks ago, I've been, I've been, man, y'all, I'm gonna tell you, y'all think y'all getting by? Every night I get in prayer, your name goes up for the Lord. Your name goes up for the Lord. Your son's name, your daughter's name, your name, your name, your husband's name, it goes up before the Lord. My brothers, my sisters, my nieces, my nephews, my wife's kin. Goes up before the Lord. And three weeks ago, I got up on Sunday getting ready to uh, come up here. Two or three weeks ago, and I got up getting ready to come up here, and I was crying out to God in my spirit. And I saw that young man, his face turned toward heaven in tears, streaming down his face. And the Lord spoke to me and said, The cry of deliverance is fixing to come up out of him. Whoo! 
Don't you tell me God can't drive His Spirit out. Don't you tell me God can't set people free from this perverted, unclean spirit. God can set them free. But we look at them as hopeless. We look at them as helpless. We look at situations that nothing can change. The effectual for the prayer of a righteous man avails much. Avails much. But you've got to take that weapon. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. We can quote it, but can we do it? They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, to the casting down of imaginations, to coming against everything that exalted itself against the knowledge and the Word of God. The devil will tell you the Word won't work. He will tell you God won't move. He will tell you you're in a situation that can't change. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. And it's time to learn war. And it's time to do what Jude said in the third verse of Jude. He said, when I I found it necessary to write unto you of the common salvation. I found it needful to let you know that you must earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. It was necessary for you to fight for you to contend for the faith. I ain't looking for some of this dead faith today. I'm seeking for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That word, that authority, that dominion of God. I ain't settled for this watered down sickening mess teachers are standing in the pulpit preaching today. The word in my soul is real. It's alive and it'll bring results because I didn't come to you with enticing words. A men's wisdom, but I came to you in demonstration of the Spirit and a power and the Word in my soul moves God. It moves Him. Why? Because I'm in a relationship with Him. I stay in relationship with Him. People can say what they want to, but y'all fix and see this Word of the Apostles fixing to stand. This fixing cause thing to happen. I had a dream here a while back. I don't know if I told y'all or not. But I had a dream here a while back as a pastor. And I knew him. Known him for years. And he had somebody pretty close to him die. And I went to the funeral. And I walked up and put my arms around this pastor's neck and hugged him. Told him I was sorry and I was sorry. But while I had my arm around his neck, I whispered in his ear. I said, if you got any sense... I said, you leave this word of the kingdom and me alone. I said, it's going to cost you more. It ain't me. It's this word God's put in here. It's this word God's put in here. My wife was talking about how God moved for her. Let me tell you something. When God told Jacob to go back home, and he loaded up and took off, his father-in-law Laban chased him down, caught up with him. Laban was going to do him harm. And the Lord spoke to Laban and said, I'm going to tell you what. You better be careful how you speak to that man. You better be careful what you do to your man, that man. He said, because I've been good to you for his sake. Because of him, I've been good to you. For he came, you didn't have nothing. For he came, you were struggling. You were struggling with a few sheep. I've blessed you. I've made you a wealthy man. I've made you a rich man. You be careful. You better be careful what you say to that man. You better be careful how you talk to that man, what you do to him. He said, because... I'm with him. 
Like me, don't like me, hate me, I don't care. Walk a wide circle around me if you feel like you're going to do me harm. Because God fights for me. God fights for me. Me and my wife have been together 36 years, and she'll tell you what I've spoke to her. Some of it have been public, some of it have been private. She'd never seen it fail in 36 years. I tell her something about somebody, Sister Pat. I tell her what's going to happen. I tell you thought, I tell thoughts in people's hearts. I tell what God told me. She never seen it fail, not in 36 years. Not in 36 years. You was under my tent in 98, and I was there in Calhoun, Georgia. And I told you I seen the death angel stand outside the tent with a drawn sword. I told you there's fixing to be death of people under that tent, around that tent, relatives of people that come to that meeting. And it wasn't, it wasn't, well, that very night, a woman 200 feet from the tent that she let us draw water from her house. She was battling cancer. She died of cancer that very night. People that was in that meeting died. Wasn't no long time either. Relatives of people in that meeting died. And I think within six months there was 10 or 12 people that died that was related to people in that tent or under that tent. I can't help it. God puts this word in me. It ain't me. Y'all got to realize this ain't me. I ain't lifting myself up. But you'll come to understand one thing. I know the voice of God. I may not know nothing else, but I know God's voice. And I know when God speaks to me. And when God speaks to me and I tell you God spoke to me, I don't need to have to come up to you and say, Thus saith the Lord, if I give you counsel, you need to follow my counsel. Because I think I have the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Because Paul wrote, and he said, The Lord doesn't say this. He said, I say this. <laughs> but I think I've got the Spirit of God. How in the world did I get off on all that? But see, God wants us to learn war. He wants us to learn war. He wants us to learn war. And if you want this faith, you need to learn to fight for it. You need to learn to fight for it. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. That's what I was telling them brothers the other night. I said, the Lord has raised me up to help people. The Lord's raised me up to teach people how to fight. Because I will take my time and I will teach and I will counsel people and I will teach them what to do. That if they will obey the Word and the working of the Spirit of God, they can come out of their troubles. They can come out of their troubles. Or you can ignore the Word of God and the counsel of God's giving you stay in your trouble and it's just going to get worse. Amen? Had somebody say one time, said... You know, I was talking to somebody about how bad things were, and they said, well, smile, cheer up, things could get worse. And they said, sure enough, I smiled and cheered up, and things got worse. Sometimes when you're in a trial, it gets worse before it gets better. But see, it don't matter what happened, God ain't changed. God ain't lost His power, He's still God. Amen. I remember Brother Lonzo Cromer coming to our church in Alabama and preaching one time. He said... He said, you know, he said, God put me through a trial. And he said, and my checking account got down to $5, and I had $5 in the bank. And he said, I started talking to God about it. And the Lord let him know. He said, I ain't changed. He said, I'll take you down where you ain't got $5 in your checking account. 
I'll put you in dire straits. He said, but I ain't changed. My power ain't changed. My word ain't changed. My authority ain't changed. He said, I'm still God. And I still got everything in control. I still got everything in control. I remember when I fell off the roof back in 2000. Sister Vera Daniels called me in the hospital. She didn't find out to about, I think it was about 1.30 that morning. I think that's when she called me. And she said, Brother Metter, I feel led to tell you this. I says, okay. She said, the Lord spoke this to me a while back and said, God creates every circumstance. And said, God's allowed this. But see, I was raised, anything bad happened to you, it was the devil. That's how I was raised. That's how I was taught. Anything bad happened to you, we blame it on the devil. So I good for nothing, low down devil. And on the way to the hospital, I was giving the devil up one side and down the other. I told the devil, and I was in the back of that ambulance, I guess them uh, paramedics thought I'd lost my mind because I wasn't being quiet about it. And I said, you sorry, low down devil. I said, I'll beat you. I said, I get out of here and get back on my feet. I'll stomp the daylights out. I mean, I was giving the devil what for. But see, the devil didn't do it. God put me there to train me, to change me, to teach me, to get me ready for a greater battle than I'd ever been in. And, buddy, he did. I don't know if when y'all went to school, they used to read y'all them burr rabbit stories. Well, buddy, I'm going to tell you, when God got me back up on my feet, he told me in the briar patch in Fort Payne, Alabama. I mean, he, he took me out of the frying pan and throwed me in the fires of hell. I run upon more religious devils and religious spirits in that place than I think existed. I, I mean, I ain't never seen, I didn't even know such religious demons existed. The Lord told me to pastor in Fort Payne, Alabama. But there's one thing about it. God brought me through, strengthened me, edified me, gave me an education. Taught me about spirits. Taught me how to deal with them. And it's like I told them people over there. Man, I've had people say, hey, Brother Metter ain't never going to stand. Brother Metter ain't never going to come through. Brother Metter ain't never going to make it. I said, let's see who's standing when the smoke clears. Because I know my God. Y'all going to find out I know my God. And there's a lot of people that come against me and threaten me. They ain't on the face of this earth no more. And they ain't walking with them. others. They ain't walking with God no more. I had a man come tell me his uh, his wife went to the church and and we made a trip to Canada in 2002 and I took 22 people to Canada on a trip up there because I went up there and preached and they all wanted to go. We rented two of them 15, 16 passenger vans and 22 people went to Canada with us. And that man uh, he come told me he walked right in church and told me he said if. He said, if my wife goes on that trip, he said, the day y'all leave, he said, I'm going to walk over here. He said, I'm going to shoot you. I'll blow your brains out. I said, do whatever you think you got to do. So I went out and talked to the sheriff about it. And I told him, I said, that man comes over here. And I said, he pulls his gun on me. I said, he better know who his God is. And I said, he better give his heart to God. I said, because I ain't going to stand there and let somebody point a gun at me unless God tells me to. And he told me, he said, we know the man. He said, you do whatever you got to do to defend yourself. He said, I ain't going to hold you guilty on nothing. He said, man, walks in your church, walks in your parking lot, pulls a gun. He said, you do what you got to do. Well, she didn't go. But I'm going to tell you, it wasn't six months. They buried that man. I mean, they buried him. He wasn't no old man either. And I mean, they buried him. 
And I've seen this situation happen. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but God's warning people. You hear me? This this word of the kingdom's right. It's right and it's real, and it bears signs and wonders and miracles, and the word is truth. If you ain't going to get in on it, you better leave it alone. You better leave it alone. And I feel, oh man, I feel this in my spirit today. But from Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And I'm going to the tenth verse. This is what the Lord said in His Word. Finally, my brethren, be ye strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Where's your strength at in God, children? It's in prayer. It's in prayer. I don't care how well you know the Word. It ain't the Word. It's what's behind the Word. It's the Spirit of Christ that is behind that Word. It's the authority that's behind that Word. It's like I've told you all before. I could, I, I could go down here to 515. I could step out in the middle of 515 in the middle of traffic and hold my hands up and I'd probably get run over and get my fool self killed. But you let a man have my size, step out there in that state patrol uniform, got that badge on his chest. He can step out there in that traffic and throw them hands up. He says, Pat, and they're going to stop. You know why? He's got the authority of the whole state of Georgia behind him. And they know when he puts that hand up, it ain't just that man telling him to stop. It's the authority of the Georgia State Patrol telling him to stop. It ain't what you know and it ain't the words you got in you. You might be able to quote the word backwards, forwards, sideways, and upside down. That ain't it. It's the authority of the Spirit of the resurrected Christ that is in you and you have developed a relationship with prayer. That's what... What causes the devil to tremble? That's what puts the devil in check. That's what causes the Spirit of God to say, better leave him alone. (laughs) You better leave him alone. Y'all understand what I'm saying? He said, finally, my brethren, be you strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It ain't your might. You ain't got no might except through Him. You ain't got no might. I don't have no might except through Him. But when He speaks to me and I'm moved by His Spirit, things happen. Things happen. Y'all hear me? Things happen. By the power of His might. There's nothing in us. It's all in Him and through Him and by Him. It's in the power of His might. But Paul told us, he said, finally, my brethren, be strong. How? In the power of His might. It's in the power of His might. It's just like when Justin was suffering them migraines. And we went after service, was eating at Shane's. And he had a, one of them migraine headaches. And he was sitting there, I said, you hurt? And he said, yeah, Spirit of the Lord, come on me. I just got up, walked around the table. I didn't say a word to him. Says Pat, I just put my hands on his shoulders. And when I put my hands on his shoulders, the Spirit of God went over him. I, did you start crying? And he turned, he turned just blood beat red. Just like that, that headache left. Because, you see, I knew what God had told me. I knew what God had told me. When Brother Donald had his four-wheeler wreck, 
Sister Deborah called me. I couldn't even understand her. She's crying so loud and and screaming so loud, and the phone was cutting in and out. She had to call me about three times. Finally, she said, Brother Donald's unconscious. said he come off a four-wheeler and flew through the air and hit his head on the ground. And I told Sister Deborah, I said, walk over and put your hand on him. I'm going to start praying for him. Spirit of the Lord, come on me. And I told God, I said, work a creative miracle. That's what started coming out of my mouth. Work a creative miracle. Work a creative miracle. He was out for ten minutes. That's dangerous. They ain't no telling them what kind of injuries was in your body. But the Lord spoke by His Spirit and said, do a creative miracle. Do a creative miracle. And He come out with nothing. You didn't even have a concussion, did you? A small one. But see, when God speaks to me, I know it. And I know how to respond to that word in the working of the Spirit. Because I've learned it over 46 years. I know that voice. I know what he's, no matter how crazy it is, and how crazy a thing he tells me to do, when I do it, God does it. Sister Patty Harris, they called me one morning. She was at a nurse's conference in Birmingham, and she passed out. Went in severe pain and passed out. And they didn't know what was wrong with her. And when they got her conscience, she called me. She still wasn't real coherent. She called me, and I told her, I said, Sister Patty, I said, Lord spoke to me and told me everything's going to be all right. Told me everything's going to be all right. They took her on the doctor, checked her, and I think it was a, was it a kidney stone? She had a big kidney stone that was lodged. And she was in service a few nights later. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and I took my glass of water. And I walked over to her. I said, drink that. She drank it. The kidney stone dissolved. She never had another pain. No more kidney stone. Why? I heard the voice of the Lord. I heard the voice of the Lord. And God has taken this word and He set it in your midst to equip you for the battle you're facing. Listen to this instruction because we ain't wrestling against flesh and blood. Y'all hear me? We ain't wrestling against flesh and blood. If it's just you getting in a wrestling match with a man and wrestling a man, you might win. But we ain't wrestling flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities. We're fighting against powers. We're fighting against the rulers of darkness of this world. That's your voodoo, that's your witchcraft, that's your soothsayers, that's your forces and powers that attack people's minds. That's what that is. And he said on top of that, we're fighting spiritual wickedness in high places. All these doctrines and traditions out here that's robbing people of the real power and authority of God, it comes down through spiritual wickedness in high places because the devil don't want you to know. What Christ has put in you. That's the reason all the teaching now. They'll tell you everything you're going to get in God. You're going to get it in heaven. No, I ain't going to get mine in heaven. I'm going to get mine right here on this earth. The authority and dominion of the resurrected Christ will live in me in the fullness if the Lord allows me to live. I will walk in that authority and dominion of the kingdom. The Lord spoke to me in, in that prophecy, in a prophecy somewhere not too long ago, and I went back and read it, and He said, I was going to do exploits. I was going to do exploits. It might have been in that prophecy where He told me I was going to be an apostle, but He said, you're going to do exploits. You're going to do exploits. 
And I asked the Lord one time, I said, what's an exploit? I said, I know miracles like, you know, healing the sick and casting out the devil. He said, exploits is like causing the sun to stand still. Exploits is like parting the Red Sea, parting the waters of Jordan. Exploits is like calling fire down from heaven like Elijah did. He said, that's exploits. He said, exploits like speaking to the wind and the waters, telling them to be still. Exploits like stepping out there and walking on water. What God showed you when the Lord spoke to her about this course correction, she saw men walking on water. I'm talking about ministers in these last days. She saw the Spirit of Christ in them, and they was walking on water. The Lord's turning this thing. If y'all ain't got that prophecy, you need to get it. It wouldn't hurt you to read it every week. It, it probably wouldn't hurt you to read it every day because the Lord now is turning this thing. And, and two weeks ago in prayer, she said the Lord showed her three marks. Wasn't it three marks on a map? And said the course is already plotted. I was in prayer the, the other night and the Lord spoke to me. He said the words that I'm preaching to my people, he said, is the course that I plotted. He said if they'll get on the course that I plotted and follow the word, he said they're going to sail through this storm. They're going to come through. They're going to Come through. Are y'all hearing me? It's time to come through. God's changing the church. He's changing this direction. Because what, what people used to do in power and authority and dominion of the Holy Ghost has now become doctrine and tradition. There's no power there anymore. Now God's got to change that. He's got to put us on a different course. Because we ain't fighting flesh and blood. We ain't fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting principalities. What did he say here in verse 12? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. This world belongs to the devil. Do y'all realize that? When Adam, when Adam surrendered, or when he disobeyed God, he surrendered this earth to Satan. This becomes Satan's domain. This becomes Satan's domain. And only through Jesus coming and doing what he done and taking the keys of hell and death away from him and us believing in Christ can we walk in the authority and dominion of the Spirit in Satan's domain. That's the reason there's such hell, heartache, upsetness, and sorrow with people that don't believe in God. This is his domain. He rules it. What did he tell Jesus when he tempted him in the wilderness? He said, if you'll bow down and worship me. He said, I'll give you all this authority, all these riches, everything in this world. He said, I'll, I'll give it to you if you'll bow down and worship me. He said, because it's been put in my hand. I have power to give you this. I have power to cause men to worship you. I have power to give you riches. I have power to give you fame and fortune. Why? This is domain. He rules this domain. But every day and I get down to pray. That's one thing I, I was. Uh, one of them brothers asked me. He said, "He said, you know, he said I've been studying about prayer. He said Jesus instructed us that when we go to prayer. I said every time I go to prayer, I said I open my prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in Satan's domain as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come right here." That thy will can be done right here as it is up there. Because he totally rules and reigns heaven. Does he not? Everything in heaven is subject to him. Well, everything on earth is subject to him. But he has to let the devil rule in the unbelievers. The devil don't rule in the believers. Believers have authority over him. The believers can speak in Satan's domain and things have to happen. But the whole world that doesn't believe is ruled by Satan. And we face opposition forces 
of this world, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places of this world. We face them every day. But we have authority over them. If we'll believe that and keep that in our spirit, we have authority over them through Christ because He's conquered it. He conquered Satan. And He conquered it. Does the Bible not tell us that He, he triumphed over him openly? Does it not tell us that, that Jesus, the, the Christ, triumphed over Satan openly? Does it not tell us that? Then why are not we as believers triumphing over Satan openly? I tell people, you don't have the Holy Ghost that I got. And you don't have the Spirit of Christ that He put in me 46 years ago. And go to church and y'all shout and take your shoes off and run the aisles weak and cry and blow the rafters off. And then when you walk out the door, you're depressed and discouraged. I said, you go through that. I said, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. You got a religious spirit. You got a religious spirit. God's people walk in victory. They walk in authority. They walk in dominion if you don't let the devil beat you down. Everybody goes through discouragement. Everybody goes through upsetness. Everybody will get frustrated at their situation sometimes. If you ever reach in, start pulling on that Spirit of God, start pulling on that Word, start pulling on that unction of the Holy Ghost. Next thing you know, something will stand up in you and you say, Get behind me, devil. Get behind me, Satan ain't got time to fool with you. Amen? Hallelujah. I ain't interested in battling. Satan's defeated. For this purpose was the Word of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. But I'm going to tell you, I saw. Now, I remember when I told you all this. But it's like God's people's going to sleep spiritually. But I remember when the Lord showed me a vision. It's been since I've been preaching up here. I saw people walking around. I could see them clear from their shoulders down. But from their shoulders up, it's like a fog. It was wrapped around their heads. It's like people's walking in a thick fog. And the voice of the Lord spoke to me and said, Darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness of people. And when you let up on your prayer life, and you don't get in and fight, and you don't get in and center, you can, you can get in a spiritual fog. And you won't know what to do. You won't know which way to go. You won't know how to come out of it. And if you ever get in that and you let the devil start defeating your prayer life, you let the devil start causing things to keep you out of the house of God. And I know we all go through things that we can't be in every service. But it's a trick of the devil to separate you from the body of Christ. Any of y'all ever watch these shows on nature? You ever watch these lions hunt? They'll pick them out of prey. Usually it's the young one or the old one or one they think they can take down and they start angling to separate them from the herd. They want to cut them off. Your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion. He says, hmm, but Donald Elder looks pretty good. I believe we'll just see if we can cut him off from the flock. Sister Willis looks pretty good. We'll see if we can separate her from the flock. We'll cause some trouble, some heartache, some sorrows. We'll cause something to come up, see if we can separate her. I just had somebody send me an email the other day. And they're going through a storm. I ain't even 
related this one to my wife. They're going through a storm. They've been in a church for 12 years. And their pastor retired, and the pastor that took over hurt them, hurt them really bad. And they're suffering that hurt in their heart. And they was telling me, I don't know if I can get over it. said, I forgive them, but I'm wounded, I'm hurt. said, but I don't want to leave my church because I love my church and I love the people. That's the kind of thing right there Satan takes and uses to separate you. He causes circumstances and situations. I'll say one thing for them. They're fighting and they've stayed in church. They've stayed in church. They've stayed in there. And I'm staying in touch with them, trying to help them walk through it. They just kept coming to my mind, coming to my mind, coming to my mind. Finally, and when I got to get in touch with them, I just emailed them. They responded, beginning to tell me what they've gone through. If the devil knows you're called, if the devil knows you can be effectual, that somewhere you're going to be a light to somebody and destroy his yoke and his hold off somebody's life, he will focus on you years in advance to take you out. He will set schemes to separate you. And unless you have a fervent prayer life and a dedication to walk with God, and you stay under leadership and under teaching and under the Word, that will strengthen you. The devil will take you out. He'll take you out. The Bible teaches us in Ephesians, and I believe it's the fourth chapter, it says, Every joint supplieth. Y'all see that finger right there? If that finger gets cut off, my body can't supply anything to that finger, and that finger can't supply anything to my body. So if every joint supplies and a joint gets severed, a limb gets cut off a tree, that tree can't feed that limb, and that limb can't put food back in that tree because it's a cycle. So if the devil manages to separate us, from the body, cause us to pull back. I ain't going to church. That bunch of hypocrites, they hurt me. I was out in Arkansas preaching about somewhere around early 2000. Might have been late 90s. Can't remember if we'd started the church yet or not. And a man come into church out there where I was preaching. And he asked the pastor, he said, I won't testify. Pastor recognized him, and he used to go there years ago. And he said, "I won't. I won't tell y'all what the Lord told me." He said, "Y'all know I used to come to church here." He said, "And I got hurt." He said, "So I quit and I started going to another church." And he said, "The church I was in." He said, "The person that hurt me walked in the door." And he said, "I looked up at the Lord and said, what's that hypocrite doing here?'" That's what he told the Lord. He said, what's that hypocrite doing here? He said, that hypocrite hurt me. He said, if that man starts going here, he said, I'll leave this church and find another one. He said, Lord spoke to me. He said, if all you need is a hypocrite to discourage you, to keep you from going where I've placed you and where I want you, and the leadership I want you to sit under, he said, the devil will be sure a hypocrite shows up everywhere you go. He'll give you a hypocrite, a man you think to be a hypocrite, 
He'll give you a hypocrite everywhere you go. The Lord will always allow a reason to come up to see if you're going to serve Him or not. He'll try you. He'll prove you. He'll test you. Amen. He'll test you. See, what we don't understand, God's testing us. And He's getting us ready for battle. He's getting us ready for battle. Y'all in basic training right now. But there's a scripture in Jeremiah that said, If you can't run with a footman, what are you going to do when the cavalry comes? If you can't run with a footman, if you can't fight the infantry, what are you going to do when the cavalry comes in? Or if you can't cross a dry creek, what are you going to do in the swelling of Jordan? If you can't stand right now, how are you going to stand when forces and powers of hell are turned loose and they're being turned loose? We're facing powers people didn't face ten years ago. We're facing things people didn't face in your mama's day. We're facing things now we ain't never faced. You know why? Every force of hell has been turned loose. Every power of darkness. And it is essential that you get in prayer daily and seek the face of God. And you learn to pray and you learn to target things in prayer. And you learn to let the Spirit of God take you over in prayer. Since we started praying the 1st of February... My wife will tell you there's been something changed in our prayer. And sometimes the Spirit of God will just sit down and we can start praying. And we may have to fight a little bit at first, but the Spirit of God generally will sit down. And man, when it sets down, it ain't nothing. Pray an hour and a half, two hours, two hours plus, and it just flows. And there's a difference. There's like an authority. There's like something comes in and takes hold and, and God begins to speak. Just in prayer begins to speak and, and raise standards against forces and powers. And we pray for people. We pray for pastors. We pray for churches. We pray for situations and circumstances to change. We pray for God to, to bring in souls and raise up people that want to fight for the truth. And it just flows. And there's a flow. And there's a way. And you can feel it working. And you know God's doing something. You may not see it with your eyes. You may not hear it with your ears. But you know in your heart. God's doing something. God's doing something. There's a change. There's a working. There's a restitution. It's being put in place. I said there's a restitution being put in place, children. Because whether y'all realize it or not, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. How many of y'all read that scripture? Kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence. What does it mean to you? How do you break that down and interpret it? That the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. See me, when I get a hold of a scripture, I dissect it. I find out what every word means. I find out where every comma, colon, semicolon is placed. Because it changes. One word can change the meaning of a scripture. So when the Lord said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Then I want to know what violence. I want to know what it is. It's coming against the kingdom. It's everything Paul said in Ephesians 6 and 12. The rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, that's what's coming against the kingdom. That's what's coming against your knowledge of the kingdom. The devil don't want you to know who you are. He don't want you to know there's power in prayer. He don't want you to know there's authority and dominion in the word that God can put in your mouth. He don't want you to know that the Lord said in Isaiah 45, and I believe it's 11, that, that says, 
You want to know something about my sons? Ask me about my sons. Ask me of things to come concerning my sons, concerning the works of my hands. Command ye me. When my spirit, when the Spirit of God moves on you and you feel it, command the works of God's hands. Can you just walk around, command God? No. But when that Spirit moves on you, when the authority of God stands up in you and you feel it, you can speak and God will act. That's what He meant by command ye me. You don't just run out here and tell God to do a bunch of stuff. But it's like when my grandson was born a year ago on May the 9th. And they had transferred him to that neonatal unit. And my wife stayed down there and I went on home. I got in prayer that morning. And I was down on my knees. It was, I remember, I think it was the next day. And they had him in, because, I mean, he went full term, but he's only four pounds and what, nine ounces, 11 ounces. And they had him hooked up on all them tubes and everything. But see, I knew, because God had spoken in February of 2016 and told Whitney she would conceive and bring forth a son as a sign of the Sons of God ministry. And here it was, May 2017. That was 16 months before that baby was ever born. God spoke that word. And I was on my knees, and they had him in that neo, uh, they had him getting ready to transfer him down to Columbus, Georgia, that neonatal unit. And they said, he got to have bowel movement, or they couldn't transfer him. And I was on my knees, and I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. He said, the Spirit of God does nothing of its own or by itself. He said, you got to tell it what to do. He said, when you feel my Spirit move on you, he said, tell my Spirit what to do. And the Lord spoke the word in, into my ear like that. And that verse in Isaiah 45 and 10 where it says, Command ye me. The Lord spoke that into my spirit. And then the Lord spoke into my spirit in the beginning. The world was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit said, Let there be light. The Spirit spoke. And He said, If you'll speak to my Spirit, He said, My Spirit will speak and do things. So I was in prayer. I come out of prayer. I called my wife. And I said, is Christopher there? She said, no, he's fixing to be here. I said, when he gets there, tell him to call me. He called me. And I told him, I said, son, I said, you and Whitney get together. Y'all bind together in prayer. And I said, whatever you need God to do when you feel the Spirit of God move on you, whatever you need God to do and whatever you need God to change, I said, you start speaking it by the Spirit of God. I said, I don't care what that baby needs. I said, I'm telling you, God spoke to me and told me to tell you to command and speak to the Spirit of God when you felt that unction of the Holy Ghost. He started speaking. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't no time. That baby blowed his diapers out. Blowed them out all the way to Columbus when they're transporting him. He didn't have one bowel movement. He had about four or five. They was talking about him being in ICU down there 10, 12 days, maybe longer. What was he home in two days? Was it a week? Didn't take him, I mean, they're just talking about that baby being down there two and three weeks, and they didn't know when the baby would come home. He was jaundiced, and one, one at a time, things started clearing up. Things started coming, started eating, started gaining weight. Things just started clearing up. If you could have seen him yesterday. Beautiful, healthy. Gained his full weight, alert. 
Ain't one thing wrong with him. And they said, they said, well, he could have this problem. He could have that problem. This could happen. That could happen. No, God happened. So we can't look at a situation and doubt the workings of God's hands. We've got to learn to fight. So, I'm not going to preach any further. Y'all got notes? Y'all got scriptures? We can't let situations and circumstances destroy our relationship with God. And so many times when situations and circumstances, we get caught up in the cares of life. What did Jesus say in Mark? He said, you get caught up in the cares of life. He said, it'll choke the word and you'll become unfruitful. Now, y'all tell me this. Listen to what I'm saying. Who's going to help me fight for this church? Who's going to go to prayer and help me fight? They got to bring this church forward. It's time now. It's time for this church to come forward. It's time for souls to be saved. I'm getting more and more people are... Uh, we got an email from a man the other day said I'm enjoying it. A lot of people are enjoying the broadcast. I ain't getting much support out of it, but a lot of people enjoying it, and they know the word's different. The word's different, and they're enjoying it. And I've even had people tell me face to face. Had one lady back in March. She told me she said my husband ain't been saved very long. Said he will not miss your broadcast. He said, there's something in that word. He said, she said, it's changing him. And it's helping him. He said, he won't miss your broadcast. He said, we go to church on Sunday night. He said, but he'll listen to your broadcast before he goes to church. <laughs> he said, said don't, don't shut it because we was right to the place. We was fixing to shut it down. Because it was just too much of a struggle to try to keep it going. So I need to know who's going to help me fight for this church in prayer. What the Lord tell us if we pray? Spirit of God went out of here. Five miles all around start drawing souls. But somebody got to get the burden to fight. If y'all will help me pray, God will fill this church up. But God ain't going to do it on my prayers. You hear me? God ain't going to do it on my prayers. We're going to pray as a body. We're going to fight as a body. And we're going to get under a burden as a body. Because that's what God told us. I saw people on their knees in this church praying. And I saw what God started doing. And I saw that man roll that window down on that car right there on that road. He pointed his finger out that window and said, God, that church is real. I saw it. God shows me something. We do what God said, it'll happen. It's one thing I know for sure. If we obey the voice of God, it'll happen. Amen. It'll happen. Y'all appreciate the Lord today? I'm going to tell you, I've enjoyed the service. How many of y'all enjoyed this service? The Word's real. It's alive. It's time to fight. It's time to learn. You don't just go to battle, children. you got to know how to approach the enemy. you got to know their strengths. you got to know their weaknesses. you got to know what you're fighting. You know, the Lord told me a long time ago, He said, do you know what kind of spirit you're fighting? He said, you can't fight it. He said, but once you know what kind of spirit you're fighting, He said, you can fight it. You can get a strategy. It's like when I was talking to that minister the other day. And the Lord started showing me that spirit of witchcraft. And then he showed me how that spirit walked into my hospital room and it left in defeat. I knew how to fight it. I knew what it was. I knew the words to speak to it. Amen. You can't just fight. 
Paul said, I don't fight as one beateth the air. He said, but I keep my body under subjection to the Spirit of God. I stay in prayer. I stay in fasting. I stay in study of that Word. He said, I want to just get in there and fight as one beats the air. He said, I know how to fight. I know how to fight. Y'all ever read where Paul said, I, I fought the beast at Ephesus? He wasn't talking about natural beast. When the Bible said Jesus was in the wilderness those 40 days and 40 nights fasting, said he was among the wild beasts. He's among the demons. It was demon spirits. It was forces. Paul didn't battle a wild beast of deficit. He battled demon spirits. And I don't care what people say. When I went in, whatever that thing was, that diabetes, I mean, I was out of it for about, I mean, I couldn't even talk good for about 48 to 36 hours. Didn't know where I was, what was going on. But after I come out of it, I told my wife, it about two or three weeks before I told her, because I said, now, if I tell her this, she don't think I'm crazy. But says, Pat, I was bruised all inside. I mean, I was bruised. And I told her, I said, I've, brought, I've wrestled some demons somewhere. And I said, the Lord reveal it somewhere. The Lord reveal what I went through somewhere. He gave me victory in the spirit that I don't even know I got yet. But he, but when, I saw that thing the other day, and I saw that spirit walk in my hospital room. I knew I had victory over it, and it wasn't two minutes. But God set that per that God set that minister free. Drove out a pressing force away from them, and they were shouting. They were shouting, praising God. So we may not have good singing and good shouting, but we got authority and dominion. That God's revealing to us. Do you love the Lord? Y'all appreciate the Lord today? Bow your heads and let's ask God to reveal this word in us. Father, in the holy, righteous name of Jesus, let this word be revealed. God, it's time for people to learn war. It's time for them to come forth. Lord, help us to be still and know that you're God. That you can order our steps. Give us direction. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. I appreciate this word today. I'm going to go ahead and uh, receive the offerings. I think my batteries just went out on me. In the headset, I think that's what's happened. I probably are, Brother Donald. But please do your best and do what's right in the eyes of the Lord with your giving. Because 